Where someone like had a cut on their knee and they and got, then they, they got a in. staph infection. Yeah, like they almost like, died. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's where all the flesh-eating bacteria happens from. That's where it's harbored. No, I mean, there's been like five people that were in the hospital with that. Oh my god. I forgot to hit record, so it's just gonna start with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so weird that kayaking in the Alawai is like a I, I normal s- thing I see still. High schoolers paddling in there. The oh, you need someone to flip the paddle up a little bit too far. You get splashed in the eye. Yeah. It freaks me out, man. Oh, gosh. It's, yeah, you don't, you don't want to be anywhere. <laughs> is this how we're really water. starting the podcast? <laughs> Brown water advisory. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what I get after uh, eating a brewery. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So, oh, we're not starting with you, that. You um, moved from San Francisco? I did. Yeah. Is that where you are from? Or are uh, you from here? No, I'm not from here. Although a lot of people think I am. <laughs> um, I was born in Chicago, and I grew up in New Jersey, and uh, lived in D.C. I moved back to Chicago in New York, and then moved to San Francisco uh, before I made my way over here. So wow! Oh, wow! Yeah. You got a favorite spot yet? Hit the big cities uh, in the world. No, just for living wise, for the, those three spots. Oh, I mean, I love San Francisco, yeah. but um, I'm, I'm digging the, the island life, that's for sure. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, Yeah, sweet. it's nice to be here. Do you have a, a Jersey accent? Can oh, you, can, can I you... put on a Jersey yeah. accent? We go down the shore, yeah. Can you meet me at the mall? The mall. Yeah. Parking lot. Park the car and have a job. Yeah, yeah. That's Boston. That's Boston. Yeah, yeah, Southeast. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm such a newbie. <laughs> I just think of the like real wives so. <laughs> of New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, not that I've seen much of that, but so like you've you've gotten quite a following on YouTube, and I mean besides the obvious, uh-huh. you know, the talent that that brings them. How, how I mean. <laughs> It's it's just something like we started our channels around the same time, you know. So it's like I'm looking at you like three times with <laughs> way more subscribers. Like, how do you how did you do that? Is it just with like the lessons, or do you like try to? Is there a whole marketing to it? Uh, I don't do much marketing. I mean, I don't do any kind of. So it's just kind of an organic thing. Marketing, huh? yeah. Um, and I think actually. For YouTube, it's pretty important to maintain the authenticity of your channel. Yeah. You know, that's like, because people can see through that. You know, if you're trying to just sell them something or you're just trying to, like, get subscribers just to get subscribers, you know. Um, also, I have found, because I am teaching and also sharing my own music, that if I... Uh, there have been times that I've tried to share my own music on my YouTube channel and people unsubscribe, right? But then I realize that I don't necessarily want those people on my channel. You know, yeah. I want the people on my channel who are going to support what yeah. I want to do. Uh, and that's really important to me. So, yeah. So I think um, over the years, uh, I could have just done made very specific videos or, or tried to just really, you know, pitch uh, an angle that just gets subscribers. Yeah, to cater to, like, a certain yeah. group of people right. and stuff. Right, you know? Um, like, for instance, like, people keep asking me to make, like, the, a Stairway to Heaven tutorial part three. Of course, <laughs> I, I want to make it, but I have, like, a lot of other things on my plate, you know? Uh, but you could just keep doing the things that people are asking you to do mm-hmm. and um, then you find out very quickly it's impossible to make everyone happy, and then you just drive yourself crazy. Yeah. So I've We're really not gonna yeah. take. <laughs> <laughs> In the past couple of years, and that's a big part of why I moved to Hawaii. I really wanted to kind of like streamline and focus on what I wanted to do, and uh, then figure out. I I don't know. I guess my whole ecosystem of how I still deliver to my fans. Um, Stuff that I want to make, but stuff that they want to take part in as well. Yeah, because if you lose the enjoyment of doing it, that's probably half the reason people connect with you is because you are obviously happy and excited doing what you do. You burn out or you just 
catering to everybody yeah. to try and, yeah, if you're trying to just grab people. Right. Then, and YouTube burnout is a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, people have talked about that a lot. That, like, you it's easy to get into a cycle of like, wow, people are liking what I do. Uh, and then they ask you for eight other things. And then you're like, I can't do this anymore. Or I'm going to die. Yeah. You know? So, um, for, so for smaller people like us, or I mean, for smaller channels like us, yeah. like we're doing the editing and everything like that. So it's just like, it depends, you know, but, um, I could see how for these people trying to vlog every day, I'm like, holy crap, that's, too much that's a good that's a job in itself yeah you i mean you have to really enjoy doing it that's that's basically what it comes down to right so um the 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 people who really succeed at it are the ones who who are giving it 110 percent because they like and they want it yeah yeah, every minute of it yeah yeah there was a certain point after which i was like wow uh like if i have to edit another tutorial i'm not gonna (laughs) make it you know i'm gonna i'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna disappear into a hole and never come back. So. When did you decide it was gonna? Be, you did it like full time, like every day. Oh. Like, like, at what point did you make that commitment? To. To to just to just keep like posting like as much as you do, I guess. But how yeah. do do you pro uh, post um, like uh, systematically, or do you just kind of do it by feel? I don't, and I. I, I probably should, you know, like the professional marketers would tell you that every you know, Monday, Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the more you're on a schedule, the, the, the happier people are. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I heard this good piece of advice that like you it's not up to you to decide what quality content is. Mm. Right. That you make the content, make the content you want to make. And it's the audience that decides you know whether whether they like it or not. Yeah. You know whether it reaches out to them or not. And um, it with YouTube especially, like a, a video of a, just you know a guy sitting in his room playing a song that can be way more popular than like a super polished video that they've spent a lot, a lot of money on because it feels more authentic. It captures the moment in a certain way. And so I'm I. I guess it all goes to like doing what you like to do mm. on the channel. So last, well, uh, this past year in San Francisco, uh, a friend that I had worked with, a filmmaker, he had moved to Brazil and then he had moved back. Um, his name's Robert Gomez Hernandez, and so a lot of the really lovely produced videos on my channel are because he came back to town and we had the opportunity to work together and. What I was interested in was uh, us collaborating and making really beautiful visual projects, mm-hmm. right? That um, I I wanted to make videos for my audience, but I wanted to make them the so that they were creatively inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And that was working with a professional filmmaker and director who could help elevate my artistry to the next level. Um, so then I felt like the channel was getting better, my performance skills were getting better, my um, vision for videos, for, for learning how to direct videos, for learning how to like, um, kind of like uh, storyboard and screen, make screenplays of videos. Like bringing like. the things that you think about to life. Yeah. Do yeah. you do that? Yeah. What's that? Do you, you storyboard out like um, your videos before you? Um. It, the kind of videos that we've been shooting are, are you know, simpler. But uh, we even if we only do say like a three, uh, like a three angle shoot, it's still kind of like mentally storyboarded. Right, right, right. Yeah. But um, Robert and I have made you know full mu- music videos that with with full storyboarding, with costuming, with uh, you know, with crew and stuff like that. And that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Must that's, be really easy working with somebody that experience because like if you want to get stuff done he's so experienced in planning things out and getting things done and right recording and yeah building that relationship um that was uh, well uh i mean you know you guys are all musicians and creators too like that's the part of the, the of my life that i'm in right now that i love the best you know like i love making music i could do that on my own um, I love teaching and interacting with my audience, but 
the, I think, unique place that I'm in right now is that I get a chance to interact and collaborate with um, other musicians, filmmakers, creative people of like a higher level than I've ever had the opportunity to work with before. And that's really exciting. Um, you know, I like I'm the first to admit that I'm like, like a very mediocre ukulele player and that's totally fine and I totally accept that about myself and uh, just being where I am with the YouTube channel growing and whatnot I have the opportunity to bring people together and bring artists together to share with my audience and then from those artists I get a lot of inspiration um, learn from them how they're performing and, and teaching and reaching out in the world and then I can grow as an artist, as a teacher, as a performer. Yeah, that, you mentioned Abe. If you're friends with Abe, it's yeah. like watching that guy play <laughs> ukulele. It's like, well, no, you're a very competent player for what you do. But it's like, I think people like the simplicity too, because a lot of people are just trying to strum songs and sing along, or you know, play simple melodies with them and stuff. Right. And so it's like you're coming at it from an angle. It's not like, you know, how how can I play mm -hmm. scales fast and all this right. kind of stuff it's like right like how do i shred this right. melody it's like mm. but, how, but how do you choose your songs because you go from like a, like a <laughs> beatles song all the way to the old town road song i was <laughs> i had stuck in my head today because i was going through your channel and looking oh, at nice. some of the videos i was like i love that song gets stuck in my head every time but like it's, how do you choose it's like solid song yeah, yeah? No, it is uh so so some of you guys might know I'm I'm a singer songwriter. You right. know that's kind of how I got started with music, um, and and I would say that's my greatest passion in, in music. That I love I love singing, uh, but I especially love writing songs. And so when I pick songs, I like to pick songs that are really well written. And when they're really well written, um, they tell a story, and people remember them. And the songs that because my channel is so international, uh, the songs that that are going to be most popular, that are going to work best, are the ones that have that have reached oh, across right, the span. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, well, it it's the songwriting. It's um, a message that's universal and um, and a melody that doesn't need explanation. You that, that doesn't need language. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. how I identify the songs. Um, so in the beginning, so um, I did this project called the 100 Days of Ukulele Songs Project. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a big part of how my ukulele YouTube channel took off. Um, I It was guitar and what, a little bit of piano at first? Exactly, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I released my first album in 2005 an EP of guitar songs and so I was basically just touring with the guitar um, all the way up till I don't know maybe like 2012 it was like mostly oh, wow. guitar yeah and and some piano and a little bit of ukulele in there but um, I so at first my YouTube channel was just me playing originals on the guitar which meant that nobody ever watched them or found those <laughs> videos and that's usually the, the case for most people you know it's like if you're just trying to post your own stuff it's really hard for it to get seen and that's why a lot of YouTube people post covers you know? right right like, Cause, cause there's no search for an original song that no one's ever heard of exactly right. so the covers help bring people to your channel right. and then you get a chance to, to share your original stuff right. um, and then you know um, the the tutorials you know, mm -hmm. that definitely help bring people to your channel. But uh, so are in those demonetized? What's that? Do those get demonetized? Yeah, yeah, they get. Uh, so that's the, just labor the of love, copyright, right there. Huh? Yeah, the original copyright holders get the oh, the royalties yeah, on those. Oh yeah, definitely. I I'm not trying to make any money on YouTube. You know, I right. make not maybe a hundred dollars a month on YouTube. They don't make it easy with views. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, and I don't care. You know, I don't put yeah. ads on any of my stuff. Like that, if there are ads on my videos, it's because of the copyright holder and not because yeah. of me. And I mean, you know, up sure. until recently, I didn't even, um, you know, I did, I didn't even monetize ours at all. Yeah. And then I started, and it's like you know, a little bit of money maybe, but it's yeah. not like. 
the yeah. time that you put into this stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to buy lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you'd rather people just see it. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, it goes beyond it. Just, yeah. yeah, getting to an audience that cares. Yeah. So in 2015, I was starting to teach classes in San Francisco, ukulele classes in San Francisco, um, and posting some tutorial videos, like mostly for my students to follow along with. Um, but I, kind of on a whim, I decided to do this 100 Days of Ukulele Songs project. It's just like a global artistic project called the 100 Day Project. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, it I mean, sounds really familiar. It's just it's like, on your on your channel. Yeah, yeah le- well, it's learning to practice anything for 100 days. Like do the same action 100 days and document it so that you see, you know, what the you progress. learned. And yeah, uh, it's about process, right? Um, and I'm a big believer in that, that like if you want to do anything well, you have to like make it a habit and, right. uh, and want to do it. <laughs> Find a way to like make yourself do it. And uh, the 100 Days of Ukulele Songs Project was me committing to posting an ukulele video every day for 100 days. Oh. And uh, it was a crazy thing to, to decide to do. Um, I did nine days in a row and then I lost my voice because it was just like too much pressure. <laughs> really? Yeah. And like I've been singing my whole life. I, I teach voice. Like I've never lost my voice before. So it was just kind of like, you know, a sign that I had to take a break from it. But in those first nine days, like I, I was stoked, you know, I had a fire to like make more music, to like arrange, to learn the ukulele because I really didn't know that much about the ukulele at that point. Mm. I had like, uh, Played guitar, you know, for like ten years, but was mostly self-taught. So you're still guitar. looking at a chord book yeah. for, for, for the switching over. <laughs> I was mostly self-taught at ukulele. I was like looking, you know, how Doctor Uke, yeah, yeah, has like a lot of jazz arrangements. You know, I was like looking at jazz arrangements and then taking those and then adapting them to be my own arrangements and whatnot. Um, but that project uh, helped me essentially to make a lot of content. You know that. Uh, in the end, I didn't finish the 100 days. I did 63 videos uh, for that project. Um, and having to do 63 ukulele videos within 100 days, you know, it's just That's like you put that pressure on yourself. Like you have to pick a song. You have to just release it in whatever state it's in. You know, you right. like, did the best <laughs> the you pressure, could do. Right? It's the pressure it's, of it that it kind of makes it. That's that. probably what made you lose your voice too, right? <laughs> the stress on top of trying to do it every day. Right. So then, so after after I got my voice back, like four weeks later, it was crazy. It was really crazy. Um, I took it easier on myself and did like every other day or every few days. But, um, you know, it was, was always thinking about like, what's my next arrangement going to be? I chose a lot of Beatles songs because they're classics um, that you can play simply on the ukulele and they still sound good. Um, I challenged myself to kind of like take some 80 songs and pop songs that I really liked. And um, I think it's like when you're limited with your skill, then you um, have to kind of get creative with um, Mm. the delivery of Mm. it, you know? I know about um, that. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, people get to kind of witness the journey. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of it, too, that, that people have been along uh, for the ride. But speaking to the YouTube channel, like having those 63 arrangements in my style, right, that's a, uh, that's a lot of videos for people to search and find me and then realize I had teaching videos, too, or I had original music, too. And um, I let it grow organically that way. That's cool. Oh, yeah. So when you started in, you said 2015, yeah. more the more ukulele-based stuff. Yeah. What was the? Uh, what did you start on? The type of ukulele size and, and oh. uh, brand. Yo, this is good. So I was, um, I was like touring with my guitar. You know, huh. this was probably still like 2012 or 2013, and um, I remember very distinctly like. I got back from um, a, like a touring show and like the flight attendant had yelled at me about my guitar, you know, because like guitars, they're Huge. just so big. Yeah, <laughs> especially now, yeah. like after playing the ukulele. For and sometimes long. they don't even fit on the overhead. Compartment. Yeah. And they just, I, you know, felt like I got threatened and yelled at <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I had t- tinkered around with an ukulele a little bit. My... Um, my kumu, uh, I, 
I was dancing hula in Chicago. My kumu had given me like a just like a, a toy ukulele to play around with. Um, but I just decided, like, I went on Craigslist. I found a guy in the hate who had a, a tenor hula brand ukulele. Do you remember those? Uh-huh. The hula yeah. brand? Yeah. Don't they don't even make them anymore. Um, um, they were made in the same factory as Ohana at the time. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those Soprano? were pretty good. We carried those, but this was like tenor. over 10 years oh, ago. Yeah, right. So this was, uh, I, I probably bought bought that ukulele in like 2012 or 2013 it was yeah a oh. tenor laminate mahogany hula brand uke right. i picked it up for a hundred bucks um i was like just writing different uh playing different arrangements on it i like played at my sister's wedding on it you know that kind of thing i like played. some cheap laminates yeah i mean oh yeah <laughs> actually i found that for my youtube videos i preferred using that uke because it was quieter it mm. actually had a pretty thin sound, but sometimes if you're only for using, it yeah, up, if you're yeah. only using one mic, it, it like the, especially with a guitar, right? The like resonance can like overpower. the boominess, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean that was my ride or die. It like has a huge crack in it now, but you know I still love <laughs> it. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you guys are fil- well, you guys are familiar with Aloha Warehouse in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Edgar passed Ed- away yes. a year so or two ago. But. Edgar, um, I was lucky to meet Edgar um, pretty early on when I was like teaching my classes in San Francisco, he's great. and he's the one who hooked me up with that uh, Pono. Oh, with okay. a tenor Pono, you know, because um, you played that mahogany tenor Pono for it was a cedar. Oh, a cedar top. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that I mean that's like my Christmas album is all recorded on that that tenor pono. Nice. Um, yeah, the cedar top. It's great for that that kind of jazz sound. You know that. Is that the voice. cedar rosewood or the cedar mahogany or what? Mm-hmm. what I think cedar rosewood. Yeah. 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 It's a good so you went from a laminate mahogany to straight to the pono. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It's he got it. Upgrade. Huh? It's a massive upgrade. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was like, I have this, and he had a consignment, so it was a lot cheaper. But it, it was one of those things that, like, I think he wanted to help me, you know, and um, knew that, like, uh, I needed an upgrade. And so. this was all still high G stuff? Yeah. So yeah. did you even know about low G at, at the time? Because guitar a- player, you would, you know, low G is much easier from coming from guitar just because it's... Uh, it is, friendly. but it's also, um, I think it's hard to get used to, the low G, mm. you know? I think um, it's not a direct translation from guitar. Uh, yeah. But just having that that bass on the top is so much more, just linear like guitar. Yeah. Because having the high G, I've always felt like coming from guitar, is like, what do I do with this high yeah. G on the, on the top? It's only, I would say it's only in like the last couple of years that I've really the, the low G. hooked into the low G. Yeah. But yeah, say like my Christmas album, whatever, that's all high G. Just, um, and when I was learning jazz chords, I learned them all in high G and it's like really hard to translate them yeah. back to low G. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah. feel like the high G really works well with the strumming and singing. High like, G does? Or yeah, high G. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess you've you've gone to low G now. Yeah. Especially now that I'm um, trying to write more on the ukulele. Like, low G gives you more to work with. Yeah. Definitely. Um, as, as far as chord voicings and stuff. Yeah. And I, my guitar style was always more of that kind of like solo jazz guitar style where you have the moving bass line. Yeah. So I'm trying to do that with, you know, as much as I can with this. It's cool if you can do it. It's, it's a hard thing to execute, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's you possible. Have a kind of it sounds great. Limited range with it, but you, yeah. you make it work, yeah. So. Can you play one of your originals? Thank you, I would love to. Um, so this is a new single that I just released this summer. Yeah? We good? Okay. This is um, called Aquamarine. And I actually wrote this song uh, a couple years back uh, when I was just visiting Hawaii. And uh, we stayed in Kailua. And I love Kailua Beach. It's my favorite place on earth. And just, um, you know, the, the beautiful sand looking out at the water. 
And I mean, I think at that time already, I already knew that I wanted to be here. But um, I think I was just mm, there's like a big mermaid like <laughs> craze, and I was just feeling like, well, you know, like maybe that's what I'm meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is Aquamarine. You know the song, um, what was it Catching a Wave? Oh, you ever heard that song? Catching what? Catching a Wave. We're waiting for it. <laughs> it was done. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think a local <laughs> artist or something. <laughs> is, that, is that your guys' names in sign language? Huh? We're talking about ukulele yeah, charades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. But th- that's that's how you would say your guys' names in sign yeah. language. Kale, bring that chair and put it right between us. No, that sounded awesome. Is yeah. that we don't have do. another? You already have that recorded. Yes, I do. Oh, just oh, go. Cool. Uh, maybe sit on the couch with Corey. So you're a songwriter. I enjoy and, and, and that's really interesting because it's like, oh, sorry. as you're you know judging what songs you want to teach, you're kind of analyzing them differently than just somebody that's like, okay, what's popular? So you know, I mean, you know, yeah. you're you're also looking at why they're popular i mean that's just uh key to me enjoying arranging and teaching the song Hmm. you know if i can help like illuminate why it's a good song um then i get excited about that you know you know whose channel i really love the guy uh rick beto have you ever seen his what do you know what his channel is called 
I don't, I don't he, he just analyzes songs. Oh. In, well, he does a lot of stuff, but, you know, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll, he'll go into depth and he'll isolate the tracks and talk about why. The that wears the beanie and he's like super no. well-spoken and he is uh, maybe we're not talking about the same person. <laughs> no, no. He's cool. I love song analysis. For yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, totally. For sure. Um, I don't know if we were recording when you talked about it before, but when you mentioned like when you put your originals up, yeah. some people didn't like it, but you kind of were okay with that. It's um, well, it's something I've noticed with YouTube is that like the more of a niche you have, the more people don't like stuff outside of the niche. Yeah, and um, I think you just have to be okay. With check that. check one two. You know? And oh, I mean, that, you know, you guys know like <laughs> the bigger that. an audience you have. The um, the more people have opinions yeah. <laughs> about what your channel should be or shouldn't be. It's just it's always funny to me. Like, you have a channel and then they come to it and they subscribe because they like it. Yeah. And then you put something out that's like, because to an extent they like you. Yeah. But then you put something out that's like your own creation and then someone's turned off by that. It's like why, really? Yeah. Like oh, enough that, that you would leave, okay. but that must that, have been rare. It's the kind of person that yeah, like you said, like maybe. That's Although okay. some people, when we started doing these long-form conversations like this, because we had just always mm-hmm. uploaded songs, yeah. were kind of like, oh, this is like, so what do you expect time. me to just like listen to Shout all Shout out this? to the guy that like, doesn't know how to spell waste. <laughs> hey. Don't, don't make him feel bad. <laughs> it's okay. You know how many words I still, I use in emails every day. Oh, uh, I'm and a I still chronic use misspeller. Perfect time to uh, promote Grammarly. I use it. <laughs> it I, I do it too. Yeah, it First, I have a segue to my ukulele site shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the Kakaako yeah. location. Whoop, whoop, I love it. Whoop. Yeah, I wear it all the time. It's actually dirty right now because I've been wearing it so much. But I had to wear it today anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> then we'll give you another one. <laughs> hey, you have a tied ukulele as well, right? I do. I, I guess we should mention that you're playing a Romero creation. Yes. Yeah. One of the, uh, what do they call this concert? STC. STC concert. Yeah. So it's got the, it's part of the tiny Tennessee. tenor body yes. or Soprano lower bow. Soprano length, concert uh, scale length. Yeah. yeah. Soprano length, concert scale length. scale length. And then the tenor's body is supposed to be, what, the same size as a tenor body? The, ti- the tiny tenor, yeah. 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 The, this, yeah. Oh, the concert, yeah, this is the concert. Version. And that's the and it's koa. acacia. Oh, koa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's super warm, huh? Yeah, that that sound. Well, it's interesting for me as um, primarily a singer to find an ukulele because um, a lot of ukuleles are prized for their brightness, and it doesn't work well with my voice. You know, it's like uh, it overpowers my voice mm-hmm. sometimes when I pick up uh, very expensive, say spruce tops. You know that they're so bright. You know, like if you're playing a, a ripping melody then like it makes sense mm-hmm. but if i'm trying to sing over it it's it's competing it's like when you have when you look at an eq spectrum it's like right in the same <laughs> right. if it's in the same nothing spot. on the bottom it's right, all right. on the top <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah do you have a lot of ukes um i have more than i should probably <laughs> that I is mean, the I'm answer sure everybody feels like that right so here's the, the good thing for customers before i moved from san francisco i had um something like 17 ukes and i only moved here with three. Oh, so made I, space yeah so I, I i and i have such a hard time selling ukes um i don't know how you guys feel me about too that. my personal sentimental ones, it's like yeah. once i take them out and play them i'm like oh that's like so. i already <laughs> held you i it's know like, this one yeah i'm responsible for you now so i basically just like Gave it, gave them to friends and family, you know, or, or just like nice. hold, no, that's hold what I on do. to this for me, you know. Um, I also have a mahogany Taylor, a single cut mahogany Taylor guitar. That's the one that that I was primarily playing and touring with, um, and I I left that with a friend in San Francisco. What? That's one wow. that's like very precious. Ooh. So you have well. no guitar with you right now? Not right now. Oh man, do you miss um, it at all? Um, just playing guitar in general, I guess. Not a lot. Yeah. It, what I pick it up now it just feels humongous (laughs) like humongous like i feel like my arms are like out here um but yeah so i i whittled down to three ukuleles uh that i brought with me and uh i've only been here three months and i'm already back up to like 
ate ukuleles or something. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it just happens, just you know? Happened. I mean, like, literally the first or second week I got here, um, Tyler from Tide, like, brought me a new Oh, ukulele. that's right. That's yeah. when he showed up. Yeah. It was awesome. And that was perfect because I didn't really have one to play at that point that um, in, in that style. So. And they're nice, right? Oh, my gosh. The feel of it. It's I, just I love them. I, you want to hug it? The, the <laughs> artistry that they put into their yokes yep. is just, it, it, it's, you can tell, you can tell it's like very personal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, and that's, that's it, it them, ha- that's their style, yeah. that's everything. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, yeah, they didn't really bite anybody. Like, they came out with a product that's pretty much their own yep. creation. Yeah. It's completely mm-hmm. unique. and Yeah, like, if you close your eyes and you just, you can always feel the tie, you're just like, oh yeah, this is I know what tie. this is. I know what this is. Feel, feel the edges. The whole like, thing is an armrest. <laughs> a big bubble. It does feel really good. Especially, I didn't, I didn't want to put those ukuleles down when we were doing the, the sound yeah. samples. Because it just felt cool. good in, in my hands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Along with the sound and somebody forgot that recording. <laughs> Someone doesn't know, probably. Who's here? It's got to be Billy. Billy. I don't know. <laughs> hey, um, so we got in a couple tides recently, yeah. and I wonder yeah. if you could maybe play us a song with one of them. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's cool. Let's Maybe we can jam all together on a song. How about oh, that would be cool if you guys jumped in. Play what? <laughs> hey, man, I, I'll set them up. You play them. So this is that uh, slim in the in the tenor, and it's kind of a more customized version of yes. one that we've oh, had before. But the back. I think I'm, I don't think that's supposed to be there. I don't know. What do you guys do with that? Anything? Oh, that's yeah, okay. You can leave that one there. For Should now. I take it off? I didn't know that the leave? setup department already saw. No, they usually oh, do that in the did. setup department for little things that they're going. If we had to touch it, you can take. No one will see it. You could leave it. Actually, I'll leave it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But thin. Sound port, cool. Yeah. A lot of tone. That's nice. What's the one that you got from them? What woods is that? It is a uh, concert mahogany with a cutaway. Mm. Yeah. Slotted neck. Yeah, that's what I asked for. <laughs> do you prefer the concert size these days? I guess so, right? These days I do. Yeah, I started. Uh... Well, I'm. <laughs> I moved. It's funny to play... you're getting. Uh, you started with guitar and. Yeah. It's getting smaller. Right. The tenor. I, I went to the tenor because I used to play guitar <laughs> and it felt year. more comfortable. Um, well, actually, you know. Um, there's a vintage ukulele seller. Um, Is that Sean? Friend? Sean. Ukulele no. friend? Uh, oh, maybe not. No, I forget yeah. his name. But he basically came up to me at a festival and was like, you know, um, your style would work really well with, like, you know, a vintage soprano Martin. And I was like, really? And having played a tenor for so long, I was like, nah, that wouldn't work. And then I started, I don't know, trying to... Uh, find that vintage jazz sound and I got really into it and then uh, just started playing the first a concert I haven't really played a, a lot of sopranos I've played some I have mm-hmm. the Nunez the Ohana oh, Nunez nice. which is yeah it has a nice vintage sound um, but yeah I'm kind of I like I think I do have smaller fingers and so it's uh, the tenor uh, the concert neck is a little bit easier right oh. yeah yeah can we jam this one? Yeah. We just switch in between. Cynthia, what's the... Is it just Cynthia Lynn yeah. on YouTube? Yeah. So she's she's got a really wonderful layout for her videos where you get like the tabs or the chord charts alongside while you're playing it. So if you guys... I, I suspect that most of the people that are subscribers here are also sub- subscribers already. But for those that aren't... Go subscribe and, and learn uh, it's some Cynthia of Lynn music, youtube.com slash Cynthia Lynn. But you know, if you go to YouTube and you look up ukulele, you'll find me. At Lemon, just the same, you'll find you'll find all these guys. So if, if you guys sit on the couch there just and put, your, put mic. your mics on your... Oh, yeah, okay. Mics. 
like that tune. They do a great job. Yep. Play the drums. Oh, yeah. You play? Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. The didgeridoo. Oh, yeah. Actually, we need a tied didgeridoo. That's what we need right now. Ooh. Yeah, they actually make that, huh? Huh? That's yeah, one of the things they, they make. They make little shakers uh -huh. with the circle oh, of fits on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they actually do make didgeridoos. Yeah, I haven't actually seen one, but yeah. I mean, besides in picture, but yeah, that'd be cool to have. <laughs> but it's cool. So um, I'm going on tour to Australia next Ooh. month. And uh, I got a bunch of dates there. So I was learning this song. You guys know it? Down Under, yeah? Colin Hay solo. Yeah, at, when at he was the here. Men at work. Yeah. Right? But, but Colin Hay did a solo show here at the. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was he's, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of songwriter stuff. Oh right? man, yeah, gosh, yeah. he's so good. Yeah. And he was on he was on tour at Ringo Starr. We like that was his last thing he oh was my doing. Gosh. Uh, I forgot what it was for, but cool. Yeah, he was he was awesome. Nice. Where'd you see him in the venue? It was at the Art Academy. Okay. Yeah. So it was cool. a real in, real intimate show, but okay. You know, it's, it's always amazing when one guy with one guitar can just capture an audience yeah you know you don't need no he didn't need gimmicks he didn't need you know anything crazy it was just him his guitar telling stories right right you know and singing his, you know those songs yeah so good cool yeah i'm still getting hooked into the local scene and like knowing where to go see shows and stuff oh, yeah, like yeah. that i hear there's a band playing tonight at downbeat diner yeah some oh. rowdy kids <laughs> psychedelic rock 
kids. I heard they're pretty spooky. Yeah, I heard they're I heard they're all right. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty chair. What are no, they? Awesome. Uh, no, lazy sofa or spooky couch or something. Spooky. <laughs> oh, spooky couch. Yeah, yeah. Spooky scary so, sofa. Oh, dirty so sofa. <laughs> scary sofa. People here are so humble. You know, I feel like uh, like uh, the musicians in Hawaii are just like they're all like such Funny. high level musicians and all like very humble about their ability I feel like know? they're a bunch of comedians you know <laughs> that too <laughs> yeah. that too humble right. brags and then they all love food <laughs> looks at <laughs> yeah, when I first saw Del Beasley, I thought he was first a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a stand-up. And then he started playing music. I was like, "Whoa, this guy!" Is yeah. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I do think it's a local thing that, like, uh, that the more jokes you have, you know, it's like it's part of the act, right? Like, you could play music, but if you don't get jokes, <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why my solo shows are so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? Between Song. Here's the next one. <laughs> I got jokes. They're just not funny. <laughs> that was funny. At least you have shows. <laughs> I don't. Thank you so much for coming down and doing oh, this. Thank and you we got to get me. to know you better, and our yeah. our listeners got to know you a little bit because uh, you have so much, um, you know, teaching material online uh-huh. and and stuff, but not a lot of like this sort of long-form conversations you know so. yeah but um anything you want to promote i mean is you're going to australia those dates or uh, yeah i mean you know people can check online for those dates um i'll be there in september um oh i have a couple of local events coming up i'm teaching at the ukulele club of hawaii on Tuesday, I don't know when this podcast is going up, but um, I'll Before be there. Three a.m. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be their guest instructor this Tuesday. You know how they host it? Kanalea helps host uh, uh, the oh, awesome. Kalei Club of Hawaii at the Windward Mall. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, I usually see that stuff on Facebook. Yeah, on, on it, Tuesday, what time? I think it's five thirty to seven. Oh, cool! Yeah, right at after the Windward work. Mall, and it's free. And yeah, and I'll teach White Sandy Beach. Nice, a nice classic. Um, and then on the 8th, um, that which is next Sunday, not the Sunday, but next Sunday, I'm starting a strum-along series at the Whole Foods in Ward Village. You oh, guys no been way. there? Yeah, it's so nice. It's so nice. Um, Three stories? whole oh, man. And the upstairs, um, they have a well, nice restaurant and bar where they have live music. And so I talked to the Whole Foods, and uh, we're just going to do like a Perfect. free community strum along there. It sounds surprisingly oh. good in there. It's so good that, you know, I feel like there needs to be more stuff here like that because it's like on the mainland, and everybody's got ukes and plays here but it's it's the organizing of it doesn't really happen in the same way you it's know? interesting the difference between um yeah learning and being a, an ukulele player here versus on the mainland or, or in australia i found like there's a lot of organization in australia like I, I, within melbourne there's there's like i don't know 20 30 different ukulele clubs you know, in, in yeah wow. in one city it's crazy um and then you know, uh, a lot of local people, when I was teaching on YouTube and then just coming here to visit, a lot of local people would recognize me and want to like come to my jams if I did a jam here in Hawaii because there weren't that many available here. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've also discovered coming here that like there's not a lot of formal teaching. Uh, and part of it is because there's, I think, a cultural expectation for you to like kind of listen and learn, which... Um, I think it's also a good thing, you know, that like um, I've found that a lot of my students are like, tell me what to play, right? Like, what is the strum? Is it down, up, down, down, down? (laughs) And then uh, they feel paralyzed if they don't have something specific, whereas the local vibe is more like, well, just listen, feel the rhythm of it, and you'll pick it up, you know? So um, coming here now... uh, I I tried to encourage that with my students online. You know, don't get so locked into one type of playing. You know that the more you listen, the more you uh, can just understand rhythm and um, kind of like integrate it, internalize it for yourself. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, the it's weird how the scene here is just a little bit um, on your own. 
but now it's that not I'm as, here, it's not a special thing, or it's not as like rare, and so it's like on the mainland or other countries, they probably feel more of the need to like find the other people. Right. It's more common here, but we still need groups getting together and yeah. people yeah, leading we, that. Like you, so good job. Yeah. I know yeah. these guys have talked about it too, but okay. Just. Well, I'll help organize, definitely. We need yeah, to make a clubhouse. Cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joel like can build a clubhouse. We got a lot of cardboard <laughs> down. We got pallets. We can make something cool. I've got a, I've got a tree at my house. We can yeah, I mean, put it on top. Some space at my place, too. Let's talk about it. We could definitely, I mean, I think you just tell people, hey, let's get together here and play, and people will show up. Yeah. So, yeah. Build yeah. it, and they will come. Yeah. That's right. That's true. Well, we yeah. also have to let them know that we're there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have, you have this podcast. You could tell people every week. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Meet us uh, at Kakaako, and we're gonna play these songs. You could do that. And if you're yeah. not on the island, we'll Facebook Live it. Oh, maybe. There's gonna do be it. that one wise guy. Yeah, but I'm in San Diego. I can't make it. <laughs> yeah, well. It wasn't for you, sorry. Man. Why do you hate San Diego? Sassy nowadays. What happened to you, Corey? You're so sassy now. He's getting know, sick. Just... He's getting yeah. sick. Aww. Just give him because a br- He's had a rough told... day. You need some milk. I'm on the mend, and he's on his way <laughs> down. Snickers. That's what I need. <laughs> well, we ain't going anywhere for a while. We brought you poke and nachos. What do you want? I mean nachos, and then yeah, some there's perfect thing to eat. There's with sesame it taco. It there's limu ahi. What do you want? Right, yeah, the poke. Um, I do host a uh, the San Francisco Ukulele Festival, and that's kind of just developed over the years. Of um, you guys know Ukuleni, he and oh, yeah. I, yeah, lead uh, the SF Uke Jam community, the San Francisco Bay Area Ukulele community, and um, the festival just was kind of born out of that. Our our gatherings got to be like 300, 400 people for a jam. Um, and uh, yeah, we decided to have a festival. And so that's one of the things I'm focusing on. Nice. And I uh, have learned a lot about organizing because uh, I like to just be an artist, but sometimes when it's called upon for you to you know organize and take the lead, you, you kind of got to do it. And now that I'm here, like Craig keeps going like, Hey, Cynthia, we need some, some more festivals in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I have to get settled in first. Um, and then I also have an online subscriber community on Patreon. So oh. um, for anybody out there who um, would like to learn online with me, uh, I teach monthly live lessons on my Patreon channel. So you can check that out. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay, great. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll put a link. Okay, okay. sure. Right link in the show notes. yes i really appreciate what you guys bring to the world and um all of your awesome global videos thank you we feel the same yeah Yeah. what you're doing yeah and the beautiful instruments that you create and propagate all over the world (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Yeah. yeah It's been awesome to see the behind the scenes too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. poke. All the shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that messy. much drama. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. cool. Is that a wrap? Right. See you guys next time. Right on. <laughs> you go that was perfect. Home. Thank right. you.